Today my guest is Raquel Felix. Raquel is a T-shaped psychologist with different experiences as a design researcher, project manager, storyteller and innovation strategist. She helps companies, organizations and teams by blending different methodologies grounded in clinical psychology, design thinking, field studies and cross-innovation to inspire new and different opportunities and set ground to a more open, innovative and flexible mindset. Raquel loves to inspire through creation, writing and talking. Let's dive in. Okay. Hello, Raquel. How are you? Hello, Margarida. <laughs> I'm fine. What about you? <laughs> I'm super good. It's so nice to have you here in the Productize podcast. I'm super happy that you'll have this conversation today. Um, and I'm super happy. I'm super excited. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm so, so happy because we used to work together and uh, this yeah. is uh, uh, remembering the, the old times. So. Yeah, yeah, true, true. Yeah, this is going to be a nice conversation for sure. <laughs> I, I'm, I, I miss those times too. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you'll be present in the next event of Lisboa Service Jam from the 1st to uh, the 3rd of uh, March uh, next weekend. What, what can you share about this uh, event, uh, about uh, the insights that you will share with the audience? Okay, so this is the first time that I'm, that, that I'm going to be part of this event. So this is kind of a worldwide international event that happens around the world. I think around, let me, I have the reference, 100 cities, I guess. I don't know if this is uh, the, 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 last night, the last number, but from my research, as I am a researcher, This was the, the, the number. So the, the, the purpose, it's uh, during 48 hours to tackle uh, a major challenge that supposedly has to do with, uh, you know, uh, changing the world. Who doesn't want to change the world? So uh, we are kind of open this to everyone. You don't need to have any type of background. So uh, uh, and, and, and join us. So the first day is going to be focused on group formation sharing what the challenge is going to be. So the second day, which is um, Saturday, uh, it's more focused about, uh, you know, uh, research, ideation. So that's where I'm going to, to be part of. So I'm going to be one of the speakers because they have the facilitators that are going to guide all the groups through the challenge. And then they invited specific speakers to speak of a specific topic. So I'm going to talk about a specific topic regarding research, which is entitled as People Don't Live in Bubbles, the Crucial Role of Human Element in Research. So especially nowadays, I think it's a, it's a very uh, interesting topic, not forget the human element. And um, as I was saying, the, the second day in research, ideation, prototyping, testing, and then the last day is going to be focused mainly and, you know, pitch creation, uh, and more focus in, in, in the framework of the service design blueprint, uh, um, also testing and then presenting what the, the results of the challenges among the different groups are going to be. So this is why it's called uh, uh, the service design jam, because some of the frameworks and, and, and the mindsets are going to be regarding a service design perspective, because we are always so much so focused on product product development but sometimes we forget that when there's a product there's also a service that you need to you know how do I sell my product so maybe there's there has to be a service underneath the product so this is going to be a great opportunity for me to be part of this uh, you know movement because it's kind of a movement and also 
I guess, meet very nice people because this is also about collaboration. So feel free to join us. I, I don't know if the podcast is going to be live before uh, next week end. And uh, if not, well, maybe next year everyone can join us. Yeah, because yes. it happens every year. Yeah. But now I'm very curious, when you say a challenge that is changing the world, is a challenge uh, like for the entire three days for all the groups or each group can change, can choose the challenge? That no, so take? the challenge is, is pre-selected already, so people are going to share. But I, honestly, I'm not part of the, of the, of the organization, okay. so I don't know if there's any chance that people can suggest things. Um, But from where I was told, there's there's a challenge that is already preset,ed but I think there's always some liberty in terms okay. of you know adjusting. But well, if you are curious enough, just pop up and see. Okay, <laughs> sounds super interesting uh, indeed, and uh, I think it's very important when we are building these uh, new products that uh, research is present and humor factor is considered, uh, because in the end of the day we'll be building things for. People. <laughs> yes, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> for sure, for sure. So this is also a, a, a place where, because we've been remote, so of course we had we had two years of pan pandemic and then many companies start to adopt the remote uh, um, mindset in their companies. Some are not, but um, that also kind of, you know, especially for researchers has been a little bit difficult because we 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 some somehow we kind of lose the direct con connection with the with a lot the, the end users or the customers you mm -hmm. name it people yes. you know in the end so having all this type of of uh, of uh, uh, events is also good for us to you know collide with our ideas be together present in person and exactly. also instigate these people to go to the street talk to that one to that one so also very important in, And, exactly. and, and you know, feel in the real feel the human element too. Mm -hmm. When in one of your LinkedIn posts, uh, you have emphasized that uh, you see this tendency uh, in teams that uh, people more or less understand that research is important, but uh, they kind of have a tendency to pre-select some uh, methods just because they might feel that they some methods bring better results than others. Mm -hmm. Uh, without having the context uh, of understanding first if research is needed in that situation mm -hmm. and then mm -hmm. um, which method uh, should be selected because yeah. th there is no right or wrong uh, answer. There are yeah. our needs and then we need to choose methods that fits better our needs. And there are paths. <laughs> <our> path. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so... And you, I remember that you, you, choose, you have uh, uh, shared this sentence that is... If you choose the methodology first, something must be wrong. Yeah, yeah. That that that's that's a quote from from Thomas Shannon. Uh, he's a kind of a leading voice in the UX and and, and lean research methodologies. Mm -hmm. Okay, so 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 it kind of resonates a lot with me. Uh, and uh, um, he wrote this in a in a specific book. It's called "It's Our Research." I I, I can show it. Let me see if I have it here. How it would be interesting for me to show the book. I'm not seeing it. <laughs> Okay, never mind. So it's our research. It's the name of the book. For those who want to have a more lean vision of, uh, of research, it's, it's a very nice book, very stru well structured. As you were saying, there, there's kind of, and, and I noticed that. So, so my first approach to, to, to this was when I, I, was, I was looking from um, LinkedIn posts, how, uh, you know, 
companies were kind of, you know, trying to um, instigate researchers to go to their, to their, to their companies. And I was looking at the role descriptions and almost all the role descriptions for researchers that I was, you know, reading were based on, oh, if you have this, uh, um, you know, uh, if you can do usability testings, it would be very nice. If you could do A-B testings, that could be very nice. And I was thinking, so they are hiring researchers based on the methodology that they can provide in terms of they don't know if they're going to use it. So that was the click. And then I read this. I, I was also searching on the book for Thomas Shannon about all the methodologies that he's applied on his job and, and the quotes resonated. And yeah, it, it's very common, especially when you want to build things in a very fast way to kind of go through specific methodologies like usability testing and more for validation. And people kind of forget going very steps back without, you know, they, they don't focus their attention in properly understanding contexts. What is it that I want to research? If there's anything that I want to research, why should I apply this methodology if I haven't think, thought about properly uh, where does this come from? So mm-hmm. the previous steps, sometimes it's like they are not thought enough and, and, and sometimes it's more about an idea and validating an idea or, you know, let's do this without properly questioning things, behaviors, motivations, um, you know, even concepts. Sometimes we have a concept in our heads. So let's try to understand if this could be a, a functional mm-hmm. thing, let's prototype it, let's do this, you know, because it makes sense to apply this methodology. So it's more in terms, research is more in terms going forward on a specific methodology and using a specific tool and not so much on what do I know? What do I need to learn? Where can I learn from? So it, it's a little bit about that. Uh, and, and, and how can we do that? What, how can we choose the right methodology? So first you need to have a mindset of planning and documenting because sometimes it feels like it's very ad hoc, you know, so let's do this, let's do that. Um, and, and like a, a basic framework for, for that, you, you always need to start by what's the purpose, what's the goal of the study, what's the goal of the research and, mm-hmm. and try, and, and, and you always need to start with research because you need to understand what you have between hands. Do I have already information that can give me some context regarding what I have between my hands. So mm-hmm. you go to see if you have previous research. You go search for external sources like articles, like you know um, studies from uh, from other companies. Uh, you you try to understand if you have good uh, internal analytics that can provide you some data patterns. So you start always with research because you need to understand what you do know, what you do have in order for you to fill the gaps. And then only then you try to see, okay, so I don't know this. And, and along, along this, 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 this path, you, you sometimes also kind of figure out that, oh, the, the things that we call the unknown unknowns, which is, oh, I didn't know that I didn't know this. So this is also very valuable for you to do this, you know, first step of research mm-hmm. in trying to figure out what you have and, and, and the things that you already know. Um, so after being clear about what you don't know, you know, you need to, you need to, you know, kind of pose the question. So what do I need to learn? 
what yeah so what's what's my need in terms of the things that i need to know so mm-hmm. and then you start to as we say you know design some research questions which are kind of more specific things regarding what you already know and what you need to learn so this is not just kind of start to design some some questions that are going to provide you the script for an interview or whatever the methodology you are going to 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 run up uh, it's more about you you know transforming what you need to learn into some questions because it's it's kind of you know mm-hmm. basic form in a basic framework and and you can do this with with other stakeholders too and brainstorm these questions with other stakeholders too and 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 prioritize them especially those who are directly involved uh, in the in the in the project with you Mm-hmm. And then who is going to provide me that knowledge? You need to learn this from someone that is somewhere, you know, and that's where, when you can start to, okay, formulate. So maybe these people are in here and the only methodology that can help me to bring up the, that type of, uh, um, of uh, knowledge regarding what I have between my hands is an interview. It's a field study. It's a diary. Oh no, it's a prototype testing. So, only after having all these steps, it's when you need, you start to realize what the methodology you are going to apply, you know, and also you yeah. can, and, and, and it's not just about applying one, sometimes for different segments, you know, and, and, and for even a specific study, you need to apply, you need to go for interviews or maybe a survey, you need to triangulate that information because you are not going to get just that information from interviews of just from a survey, or you need to run a, a diary study because the information that you need, it's going to be triangulated between those three methodologies. Well, but that's 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 the dream, you know, because sometimes you also need to, you know, think about the constraints that you have in terms of the company where you are, you know, doing this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Budget constraints, resources in terms of human resources. Uh, if you have the tools, if you have the, you know, the time for you to go, I don't know, um, maybe the people that you need to talk with are not in the city that you are living with and you cannot do it remotely and you need to go there. So this is all the kind of questions in terms of the operationality of the research that are also going to help you in how to, you know, decide on the methodology. Um, mm-hmm. There's there's a, I, I, um, there's a very interesting also framework that I can, and can share from Erika All. She's from the Mule Design uh, Company. You search for her name. It's I R I K I H L A L L L. So Erica Hall. So mm-hmm. search for that and search for design research framework. So it's a kind of step by step framework where for those who are you know need more of a structure on do I need research? What type of research? Uh, it kind of breaks down into step by step guides on how you should get to those uh, specifics of the of the of the methodologies that you want to learn from so basically and 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 let's not forget because the main focus when you are doing research or trying to figure out if you need research because you can come to a conclusion that oh i have everything that i need Previous research, which we call secondary research, and all the data that is provided from the data team, if you have a data team, uh, it's kind of enough and I have confidence enough to proceed without doing further research. So mm-hmm. this is kind of the steps that you need to have mm-hmm. in mind. But the main, the main goal is, you know, uh, and the focus is 
you are learning. You need to learn towards the purpose or the topic or the problem that you have between your hands. It's not about using a tool or a specific methodology. That is way far after all the questions that you need to do previous to that. Yes. The way you describe it, uh, the research role it needs to work very closely with the data engineers, the, um, the team that has the questions that is the team that is developing, uh, and this also this decision of um, so collecting all the data to build the context of the problem needs to come from uh, this uh, group work from these other teams, I imagine, um, and also then the decision of uh, uh, let's not focus on this specific problem and focus on another one also is a decision that needs to come from collaboration uh, from the PMs, the designer, the data engineer to uh, just, like uh, agree that uh, um, the answers that uh, the context of yeah. that you collected, uh, mm -hmm. it's already provided enough mm -hmm. um, light in to, to continue developing the product. Yeah, light is a good, it's a good, it's a good, yeah, you, you, because you, you, as a researcher, you're kind of enlightening or, you know, bringing some light where some, where some darkness exists. So, but yeah, the, 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 the more you collaborate with the person that you are going to provide that information, the better, because you also need to evaluate their constraints, mm -hmm. especially if you are working, working as a team. But that also depends a lot on, 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 on the company's maturi maturity in terms of research. If you are working with a specific squad, if you are a researcher that you don't work with a specific area or squad, but you are transversal, but always need to, even though that, you always need to consider the, the team that requested you that. Because I'm thinking more in terms of some team requests, has a request, a specific request, but you want to work alongside with that, with that uh, team or with that person or can be one, two, three, it doesn't matter. It can be mm -hmm. a PM, as you were saying, can be from the specifically from the data team if the company has a data team, because that's a luxury sometimes. Yeah. sometimes yeah. <laughs> um, so yes, try always to work alongside because they also have uh, information. And also if you have, you know, uh, uh, customer service teams, they have a lot of information too. And sometimes you kind of, okay, so... Before we go further on, if we need to start to, you know, apply a specific methodology, let's see if they have extra information that can enlighten us regarding what we already have and the specific topic that we need to learn more from. And maybe they have already some answers that can help us. And that's, but once again, it's kind of interesting because you are asking yourself, do I need to do research? And you are already doing research you know, because to unveil the things that you know or you don't know, the things that you have inside yes. inside the company or you don't have. So it's always about research. So exactly. that's the mindset. But the mindset is, okay, you need to ask things, learn, and, and try always to document everything. That's how you start to understand how structure you have, the type of information that you have. It's easier for you. You're not going to ask things and then, you know, it just stays on your head. If you are working with a team, you, you try to put all the information in a Notion page, in Confluence, uh, I don't know, in Google Docs, depends on the tools mm -hmm. that you are using. But also always share that information to the team, be aware what's happening in terms of collecting that data that you need to understand. Exactly. Do I need to do more research? 
what type of research with whom, where are they, what what tools am I, am I going to apply, what's the methodology, do I need just this specific methodology or the things that I want to learn demands more from me and I need to triangulate information from, from other sources and collect information in different ways. So that's the thing. And also, you know, you need to kind of negotiate with the team because of the constraints regarding time, effort, budget. Also. Yes, yes. Time-wise, <laughs> most of the times, it's one of the uh, most... Uh, um, one of the biggest complaints. Yeah, one of the big, <laughs> biggest constraints that we have to, to tackle. Because yeah, but but interesting, yeah, if, when people say, I don't have the time, just there's always time, for sure. Yes, Because yes. research, you can do very light research in one, two weeks, and also you can do more heavy research regarding, but you can you can start with light research and then you kind of, okay, so we did this, you, you kind of show the, the value of that, and then, okay, so even... F- if you spend a month doing specific type of research, it's always valuable. You can you can yes. do it while you know the development team or the PMs are doing other things or even designers. No, it needs to be done. It's not a it's not research. It's not an island that it stays yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, and also like the the saying that we don't have time for research. Uh, in my view, it's like. Uh, turning off the light sometimes the very pallid light that exists within the company of what's the next step and it just yeah no? yeah it's, yeah it's a good perspective yeah it is yeah. completely agree yeah and you are saying so you can we can do very light research there are other uh, more uh, let's say formal ways of doing research and i also feel that there are kind of two teams or maybe more, but let's put this into teams. Some people that are all into doing light research and quick methods like uh, go talk to your customer, just set up a, a Teams call, a, a Zoom call to do some questions and do more this qualitative search. And there are other persons that don't see any value on this type of methods and just go on the more formal research that might be, for instance, surveys that have a wider uh, range of uh, people involved. But so let's say it it would be more uh, uh, quantitative Quantitative. research. So what are the benefits and the differences between these two methods uh, and what is your view? So between qualitative and quantitative, is that it? Between, so between the value that you get from uh, light speed research, talking mm-hmm. with your customers, and uh, more for- formal research. Uh, more I imagine rigorous, that with more research. Okay, I, I get imagine it, that I get it. Both yeah. of them have a value to, to add to, to the... Yeah, I, I think there's a, 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 another trend inside companies with how oh, I had this conversation with my customers. I'm going to have this moment of conversations with my customers. So there's there's this um, <clears throat> thing going on that having a conversation it's it's doing research it is a different approach it is so I kind of I kind of value that a lot having conversations but when you say having conversations with customers once again this is polemic customers users well people that are going to to be related with your product or, or your service um, this is meant uh, uh, in advance uh, a structure or or kind of collecting and trying to understand if there's a pattern while you are doing these conversations. Um, but having 
these light conversations with customers or having, you know, more heavy, rigorous structure uh, approaches regarding research, I think they, they, they both serve different purposes and they can complement each other. So mm-hmm. uh, in the company that I'm working with, there's a lot of that and I, I, I kind of, you know, just go for it, okay? But the thing is, you need to be aware not to, you know, misunderstand the differences between both of them because doing rigorous research, it's indeed, you know, trying to um, understand if there are patterns, if there are behaviors that kind of relate and, and kind of give you uh, structured information regarding what you need to know. Having a conversation can be more regarding, you know, I'm building empathy with my customers. I want to spark some ideas from what they are saying. I want to understand a little bit how they start to use my product. Well, how do they relate with that? With, but mm-hmm. without a purpose of this is for a specific problem research or a specific topic that we want to. It's, you know, continuous gathering information. But sometimes what, what sometimes happens is that they have these conversations, information is not documented, so there's no knowledge building on top of that, you know? So it's just, for me, having a, a conversation with, an, sometimes there's even not a script that is structured around that conversation. So, um, but yeah, that's good. But bear in mind that this is not research with a, with a, with a specific purpose as a, a, a structured research, you know? Uh, so, the things that come from those conversations, they can be used in decision-making on the, on, the, on the product cycle, of course. But once again, it's not from a few conversations or interactions with your users, with your customers, with people itself, that you are going to, you know, gather maybe more information that you feel more confidence about. So maybe it's more light or anecdotal information, you know, sometimes can be incorrect because, and, and, and also people think that you see a finding and then the re- all of a sudden you are calling an insight. For, for you to have insights, you need to, you need to, you know, triangulate information. And you, you, sometimes you need to, you know, to have, to acknowledge from different sources uh, uh, that information. As you were saying, maybe cross-information from the interviews that I have, but then I need some quant- quantity to understand if this is really happening in terms of what I want to find. And then you, you run a survey you know, and then you try to, to talk with the data team if what I found in a more qualitative way from the interviews kind of, you know, has yes. re- a relation with the information that we are having in a bit more quantitative way. So the thing is, go for it, but let's not misunderstand the purpose of each other. Okay, so... Totally, totally different things. I incentivate everyone to talk and have these conversations, but bear in mind, you know, that uh, it, they, they have different purposes. So, but even if you do it, document it, share, make it, make, put all, all the conversations on a shareable um, document. And, and you can build, you know, a, a simple framework, like each question that you have, try to structure it a little bit. It's kind of the, the 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 topic or the theme that you are going to uh, you know to to gather information and the next conversation they are going to have and you and the, and you still have the same structure of the interview you there you start to you know collect possible patterns because sometimes what's happened you have a conversation the, the next one 
it's totally different. Maybe one of the questions was the same. So mm -hmm. you are not gathering specific and documenting specific information around the topic. You know, it's just, exactly. you know. And also, mm -hmm. I think there is a difference between having just one or two conversations unstructured, which also, as you said, has some value. But um, I believe there is also, it's, it's, um, like if people take some time to build uh, the purpose behind why they are talking with those customers, like uh, because most of the times it's in the back of our heads, like yeah. no, I, I really need to know this, and it's you don't mm -hmm. need to to spend that much time just writing these things on paper of mm -hmm. um, what is the it most can, important can, questions right now, yeah, and then yeah. when you. Document that and do a small script. If you maybe, uh, let's say if it is user interviews, if you do is, uh, I think it's five to eight to have uh, validity. Uh, depends on the amount of segments that you have. So people exactly. kind of confuse that because, oh, I, I uh, and, and, and then that's what you need to break down what type of people you want, with whom you want to talk with. Mm -hmm. And then with the, the, the whom comes how many do I need? Okay. Because imagine that you are going to talk with five or six, but there's, you know, a very mix of people that uh, are part of the people that you are going to, you know, to, okay. to, to talk with. And, and it's not possible to, to gather patterns around those, you know, sometimes you need to talk with five from a specific segment. Imagine that you, that you want to talk with people with a specific mindset. You know, I want to talk to people that buy things online. And then I, I want to talk to people that buy things on stores. So imagine like it will be kind of a five, six to each one of not just five, six. Yes. Regarding so that. Sense, yes. But you, you need to search for the patterns, but because sometimes uh, you need to calibrate and you need more, you know? So that's, mm -hmm. that's kind of the, the math that you need. There's also some quantity behind the qualitative, uh, research that you need to consider yes but once you start to you know oh people are starting to say similar things when patterns start to install oh okay so maybe maybe i'm learning something from them mm -hmm. but also don't ignore those things that are not part of patterns because they can be you know kind of interesting perspectives mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. because qualitative uh, uh um research it's not you know totally related with with numbers so if someone is sell, telling you <clears throat> an interesting part of the interaction that that person had with your service or your product you are not going to you know shut it down because it's not part of the person patterns that you are looking for or something like that it's like a oh interesting yes. let me dig a little bit more and maybe that will provide you the food that you need to another yes. research because it kind of yes. oh hmm, i did know that that's an interesting thing, you know. <laughs> also, I think there are many these small, sometimes non-patterns, but uh, um, ideas, insights that come from these conversations are good things to come to the researcher and say, like, could you please maybe, do you have something about this? At least from my experience with you, that uh, you had so much knowledge on your side that I could get to you and say, do you know anything about this? And uh, you could like shut me down? Like, no. <laughs> or just say, yeah, yeah. Oh, we, actually, we, I have heard about this because I have been in this uh, research. This, you were this part of it. Yeah, yeah. So that, that, that's why it's important for you to spread the word. Mm -hmm. Because if you, if you, if you are the, 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 the gatekeeper of knowledge and you are just one person, 
well, that's, that's not going to work. That's not going to work. So, yes. so as much as you spread the word, and, and, and we researchers want to do that because we want to gain visibility and give visibility on what we are and on our curiosities, on what we are finding and what are the insights, the insights that we can provide. Even, even if it's sometimes it's just, uh, and there's uh, this thing that we use inside uh, the, com- the company that I am in now, SWORD, which is our, the, satellites, uh, the satellite insights, the satellite findings, sorry that sometimes there are some information that comes from a specific research and then we see that it's kind of not part of that, but we put it aside. It's like a satellite thing that we kind of, whoa, this person said this, oh, curious, or just from a answering on a pattern that we found in a survey, oh, I wasn't expecting this, but I'm going to keep this and let me see if in further researches, I'm going to find more things about this. Or maybe this is a good topic and I'm going to start a new research around this because I don't know if it's going to give me, you know, more things, but this may mm-hmm. be super curious. Let yes. me talk with this specific area, but I think that I think this, this is going to kind of make them super curious about, like, oh, we found this from this, you yes. know, study. It has nothing to do with the study, but I think this is going to, you know, make mm. you like, whoa. And yeah. it's how that is how the company also evolves in terms of the value proposition that is providing. Like sometimes it starts most of the times when it's a startup with this person that has some knowledge in the area and that have identified the gap in the market on something uh, and starts building on that. But then mm-hmm. it needs to evolve to to another. Uh, well, it doesn't need to evolve, but most of the times the person was not one hundred percent correct, or just by the time passing, the value that people uh, expect from the product uh, changes. Yeah. Um, but most of the times, I would say people don't are not 100% right. It's slightly, like, then it needs to be adjusted. Yes, yes. And, so uh, we want to search for the truth, but uh, the truth is variable because people, they vary a lot. Context can also change a lot, you know. Mm-hmm. So you need to to constantly calibrate that and have that in mind because it's sometimes what we do is a snapshot of a specific moment. Even when you are talking to someone or that person is providing you information through a, a diary study. So it's, it's a snapshot. It's going to be snapshots. So mm-hmm. the, the, the context of that person might change. Uh, the, the product might change. So that's why also when we are doing research, you need to consider when you are talking to people. So like this person, I'm going to talk about this specific part of the product. Uh, in what moment did this person interact with the product? Because there are, depending on the cycle of that the product it is already, you know, because I might be talking with people that uh, interacted with the product in a specific cycle and other people that talk, when I talk and interacted with a specific cycle. Mm-hmm. So in the, it's the same product, but different cycles add some differences to the product. So interaction might be affected by that. So mm-hmm. you need to have that in consideration. Yeah. Fluctuations, changes happen all the yeah. time and you need yes. to calibrate and have that into consideration. And uh, going back to one of the, the topics that you are saying that is important that uh, uh, researchers share their knowledge with other teams um, because I, I, I think you can become the gatekeepers uh, of uh, this immense amount of knowledge. What advice do you have for uh, researchers to find a ways to share the information in a way that is uh, effective? Mm-hmm. Uh, 
because also I think I have seen this happen that information is just there stored, but people don't really uh, go there and feed themselves with those thoughts. They are afraid of research repositories. Yes, it's, yes. It's such a bad name, repository. It's kind like of, a, a library, uh, very old. <laughs> yeah, kind of, yeah. As the French do, it's très bafon. <laughs> but it doesn't yeah, need to I, be like that way. No, no. Uh, well, once again, the, the way that you are going to, you know, um, spread the words with 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 other teams also depends a lot on the structure of the company that you are you as a team if you are a solo researcher if you are a team of two or you have you know all this amazing team that does research ops with you that can you know <clears throat> you know can be a, a, a major in, in, in a major factor in how are you going to do that mm-hmm. but <clears throat> I always work it as a solo researcher and now I, I'm in a team of two. So <laughs> in a big company, a team of two is almost like a solo researchers. But we do, we are, we, we, we need to have, bear in mind that we need to be our own PRs uh, and, and, you know, trying to also to break the barriers that a research repository, it's not, you know, the boogeyman and it's very accessible, especially if the tool that you are using, it's also accessible and, and, also educate people on how to read the information, go through the information, you know, and we, we always try to structure it in a more, you know, easy going way without losing, you know, seriousness and, 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 and having a good structure to how to provide that. It's good. So research repertories, they, they, they have a purpose. And, and honestly, in, in, in our teams, they go there, they, they, they kind of, they, they read through them. And sometimes some of the, the, the reports that we provide are big. But we also have this, that every time that we do uh, um, a project, always try to involve the teams. So mm. that's, that's, that's part of, even if they are not going to be an active part of the research itself, like they are doing the, the interviews or they are going to the field to do some observations or they are going to, you know, uh, send the, the surveys, whatever, or the usability testings they can observe, Mm-hmm. And we do, you know, follow-ups inside Slack channels that we create, like we are doing this, this happened, uh, and we can kind of provide some snippets of information along the process, yes. you know. And then in the end, we, we do have a moment where we present all the results. We use the, 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 the format that we have on our repository also to teach people on how to read through that. Because it's also very interesting because they can have access, direct access to quotes and some recordings there. So that's that, that, that's also something that they kind of like to see, oh, people said that. And you can see the record. If you have the time, you go there. But if you don't have time, there's always a, a little summary of the things that we that we provide. And we are always, you know, once we wrap up a, 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 um, a study, we try to identify if there are other teams that could, you know, benefit from that study and we spread the word. So we did this, like a a small snippet of information. We did this and I think part of the information that is there, it's interesting for you. So Mm -hmm. we are always doing this. It's it's a big effort from us, especially Mm -hmm. a team of two, but it has this, you know, uh, returns in in a very positive and good way, you know. 
So be constantly advocating you. You need to be your own advocate of, of, the, of the research and educate people towards that. Make yeah. them assist or observe some of the things that you are doing. Make a Slack channel. I know they have a lot of the Slack channels, but, you know, first it's, it's, it's kind of hard because you need to demonstrate the value of this, of being part of this. But then you see, you don't need to be totally involved. I'm going to give you that information. So don't be afraid. Everything is going to be, you know, um, very, you know, light. So the thing is not, I don't want to put the burden on you. So don't feel that. Trust me. And also trust me <laughs> and build that trust with the team. And, 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 and that's how we do it. So, yes. Yes. <laughs> yes and also, But then, so you do you see your uh, role as uh, this person that is collecting and educating people to read it through, but then the decision of you uh, following up, uh, like so getting that information mm -hmm. and make decisions from it comes from the, the teams itself. And I yeah, sometimes it, it might be uh, challenging for you because you might think that uh, the right decision is not being taken. So I, I see where you want to get. <laughs> There's no right or wrong, but you might, you always have a gut feeling or an idea, all the knowledge that you have with you. Mm -hmm. And you might sometimes see decisions being taken and you're like, I feel this is not the right thing, but well, because decisions, they depend on a lot of things, not just on research. You have the business side and for sure we always try to align where with the business purposes, not just uh, having a, 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 you know, a human centered, customer centric, user centered vision of things. Mm -hmm. But we also need to consider that the things that we are searching for, it's also regarding a specific KPI or a North Star, you know, so because it will impact business. But it's not from my perspective as a researcher to, you know, We, we do sometimes some recommendations. Oh, it would be nice for you to follow this in the way because of this, this, uh, there's a why behind. And the things that we try to teach is if you follow a decision, try to figure out why you are following. So I, I'm telling you from this specific study that the path might be this, might mm -hmm. be. It's not like it's this, yes. you know, but for sure there are other point of decision, you know, <laughs> that I, I'm not aware also too, or exactly. even my colleague, that we are not totally aware and, and things can shift while yeah. you are doing a, um, so it's not, uh, w the structure that we have doesn't allow us to continue very closely what, what people are doing with the things and the findings that we do, but we, we, we are implementing a, um, an internal framework that it's called the, the, the impact research framework that. Imagine after three months we did uh, a, a study, we sent uh, like one, two, three, yeah, a set of three questions to the stakeholders that requested the, the, the research, trying to understand impact on the research. Oh. How did it influence the, the, um, the team? How did it influence the initial objectives? Uh, was the research or part of the research integrated Uh, on their daily tasks, did it uh, on a micro or micro level, did impact decisions, did influence uh, the product strategy. So we try to, we, we go for it. We try to understand if, if we are impacting and how, because for researchers, it's very hard for you to have a clean, clear vision 
of the impact that you had in terms of research on the outcomes. Yeah. Because next you are informing the PMs and the engineers and designers, but they will have their influence on the things that are going to be designed and developed. So we are just a, a part of the team. You know, yes. we bring some information, we highlight things, we show a path. And then for sure, when we are, you know, sharing results, we we have a moment where we question things. If they have questions, we continue to, you know, instigate people. If you have questions regarding this specific research, please let us know. And we are constantly asking too. So that's that's how we keep the thing alive. So we have we have uh, you know research that studies that can be you know in in people's head for six months because we are always you know ting 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 yes, it's there it's there it's there is it okay do you need more so yeah it's it's a lot of PR and of advocating and also be curious what happening what's happening what we are providing to to teams too. So. Raquel, we are going to get into the end of our conversations. Mm. It's been a pleasure to talk with you. Um, I feel that we could uh, at least say here uh, more uh, one half an hour. Um, but uh, just to close our conversations, um, do you have uh, some books that you could recommend to our audience and can be um, technical or non-technical books? That, that's important because I think people in our, uh, you know, There's always the topic of showing and sharing and reading just technical books. Um, from my perspective, researchers, they gain a lot when they are reading things beyond technical things like literature, pure literature and stories, uh, you know, from other people. Mm -hmm. um, but first, I'm going to start with a technical one. I, I haven't read it or read I'm, I'm in the middle of it. So... I don't know if you can see it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's called Robots Won't Save Japan. So it's kind of an ethnographic study from James Wright regarding uh, the implementation of robots on, on elder care in Japan and how that did turn out and how the research or non-research was done around all this mm -hmm. implementation. So he kind of went for, I don't know, seven months and he, he, he went Uh, seven months in a, in, a, in a specific place and three months in another specific place, trying to figure out how the developers were doing this, the engineers, and also uh, um, how would people, old elders would receive this. So I'm, 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 I'm super curious about the end of the book. Yeah. Another one, this is in Portuguese, but I'm going to give you the, the name in, in, uh, in English, which is The World of Yesterday from Stephen's Week. Mm -hmm. I think regarding that, what we are living nowadays, all this is more political, sociological view of life, and this is this. When I read this book, I, I kind of came up to to my mind that history really repeats itself. So this is the description of um, <laughs> yeah, mm -hmm. <laughs> the period uh, uh, between the two world wars. Uh, in the Austro-Hungarian uh, Empire back in the days and how uh, Hitler Empire arise. And, and it's a very nice description of the, the, the way Stephen Zweig sees that. Um, it's very actual. So I think really everyone should read this book. Everyone should read it and be aware of what's happening in the world. Another one, it's, I, I, I totally fall in love with Bruce Chatwin. Um, so traveling literature is one of the things that I like to read the most. 
Um, and I have this thing for, for Patagonia. I never went there, but I wish it was going to be the, the, my, my, you know, life travel. Um, <laughs> the thing is, I really love the way he describes things. And, and this is not on a time where traveling around the world, you could really discover new things. I think nowadays it's a little bit more difficult because I think everything needs so almost almost un, 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 undiscovered and you know it's, it's it's not it's very difficult for you to find things that have not touched been touched already from by humans so and back in the days Bruce Chatwin did a lot of traveling he has a lot of books regarding that and from different cultures that were totally intact and it's very nice perspective so it's very good if you want to travel to different distances and a different area It's a very interesting reading. Yes, that book reminds me uh, of a book from uh, Zoeli Speixoto, that is mm -hmm. The Imperfect Path. It's okay. also a travel book. Um, and the, yeah, it just I, I love those uh, travel books where they uh, explore the travel itself through a book and you kind of feel that you are traveling. With and it's a super well. interesting source of information as a researcher or if you have a more uh, likelihood to you know enjoy more ethnographic uh, perspectives. So yes. it's, it's, it's a learning book too, in terms of if you, your, your, your uh, researcher mindset. <laughs> nice. I think everyone uh, benefits a lot from reading outside of the, the technical books. Yeah, please do that. <laughs> <laughs> right, uh, Raquel, um, where can people find you? Oh, just Google me. I'm everywhere. <laughs> I'll go go in link. I'm I'm on LinkedIn, and I think I have my email there too. So it's kind of easy. I guess okay. I do. <laughs> Otherwise, I don't know. Yeah, just yeah. I, yes, for sure. I have my email on 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 LinkedIn. I do have, so you can email me. Otherwise, yeah. appear on the Lisbon Service Jam. Uh, yes, next weekend. Next weekend. <laughs> um, yeah. Or next or next year. If... Or next year. <laughs> um, it's been a pleasure talking with you. Uh, thank you so much for, for your time, for your insights, uh, for this uh, interesting I conversation. I thank you. I thank you. This was very nice. <laughs> And um, see you next time. See you around. <laughs>